You grab a seat, give someone a fist bump, COVID safe fist bump near you. That's a good idea. That's awesome. Well, we uh, well, welcome. So stoked to have you here or online if you're online with us today as well. So good. Thanks team for helping us out right there. That was amazing. So good. Let me just put my mask in my pocket. That's a bit unsightly. And uh, I love this pop top that I've got here as well. This is the best we could come up with today. So uh, Simon Ashley, I have already taken the seal off much too... Uh, he was hoping that I'd do it in the moment and it would be awkward and hilarious. <laughs> it's good. Hey, if you're in the foyer today, hello as well. We love you out there. Good job. Full house today. Full house today. Love it. Every seat is booked. That's how it should be. Get in early. It's awesome. It's awesome. Thank you for tuning in. If you're online today as well, hello. So good. Make sure you're in the chat. Get your phone out if it's on the TV and jump in the chat as well. And uh, it's always a good place. A good thing to do. Hey, um, had a bunch of conversations this week with some people and uh, just really recognising that there's a lot of fear in the world right now. There's a lot of confusion happening and there's a lot of questions being asked around things like, you know, COVID and restrictions and end times and things like that. So um, we just, I just want to put it out there that if you are worried or concerned or you have questions, then the, the, the community of faith is the place where we unpack those suggestions, those questions, those ideas, all right? If, uh, if you're worried about end times, then talk to your leader, talk to a pastor. The whole pastoral team wants to chat with you about the end times, if that's what you need to talk about right now, okay? So let's have conversations, all right? We have restrictions, but you can still make phone calls. You can still have a coffee with someone, Oh, Jesus, it's good to not wear a mask right now. I love not wearing a mask. This is, this is, this is my place today because I don't have to wear a No, it's good. So anyway, don't do, don't do uh, like questions and queries and fear and stuff like that. Don't do it alone. All right? Get in your groups and uh, talk to like the whole pastoral team. We are, we are available and ready to have a conversation with you around COVID, world stuff, end times, all that kind of gear. Okay, please contact us and get in touch. All right, cool. We are in an awesome series right now where we are going through the book of Colossians piece by piece. So good. Last week, Pastor Nate preached through, well, half of his piece, really. He got through five of his 10 verses. All right? I thought that was going to garner a better response than that. Uh, so today, we're dealing with uh, Pastor Nate's last five verses and the, my eight verses, and it's, it's going to be really, really good. It actually works super well uh, because this is kind of how Paul writes his letters, okay? He often, like, top loads it with heaps of great theology, and then he deals with practice afterwards. It's like, this is what, this is who you are, this is who God is, this is what God's done for you, now. Now, this is how we respond to what we've just learned. Okay, if you read the first 11 chapters of Romans, you'll be like, whoa, that's a lot of theology. But the rest of Romans is all how we outwork that theology. Very similar to what we're doing today. Okay, all right, cool. Because we're going to read a little bit of theology and then we're going to read heaps of practice as well. Really, really good. So uh, the verses that we're about to look at as well, 
uh, historical context is really, really important. So we're going to unpack a little bit more today of what the Colossian church was experiencing, right? Therefore, what Paul is speaking into, all right? Because you can't just read a Bible verse and be like, yeah, cool, no worries. Like, like this one, verse 16 says, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink. You can't just go, yes, I can do whatever I like and no one can judge me. All right, my donut addiction, oh yeah, you can't judge me for that. And I'm getting drunk tonight. No, 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 no. That's not what Paul is saying. Don't do that. That's bad. That's not great. If, you, if, if, if you're at my house and you're having a wine and you have too many, uh, I will judge you. All right. All right. But... Paul is speaking into a specific situation. So we need to do a little bit of homework to find out what is Paul speaking into and therefore how do I apply the verse to me today? Okay, you can't just read the Bible and be like, yeah, totally, I can do whatever I like. Well, no, 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 read it in context. We have to learn to ask the right questions of the text. Okay, is that all right? Uh, we, we got another dog. We've got another dog. His name is Duke. We have two dogs now. And uh, Duke is a rescue dog. And when he came to us, uh, he was not in a good way. He, uh, he, he would run into the wall. He would like just like he'd be walking next to you and then just like collide with something. Uh, he was really, really gaunt, very, very thin. He was so spacey. Apparently, he came from, uh, from a home with drug addicts, and, and, and you could tell. Like, you could tell, because he was, like, so spacey. I've never seen a dog like this before. He would just walk around the house. It was like he didn't really know what was going on or who he was or anything. And, uh, and, we, and we got him to start eating. We got him to start eating well. He started to improve in all, in all areas. He started to put on some weight. It, he's, it, it's like he's part of the family now. You know, he's not as spacey all the time, even though he's still as dumb as a bunch of rocks. Uh, like, he, he's pretty obedient. He's pretty good. Uh, you know, he's not scared anymore. He's not running into things anymore. He's grown and he's healed. And because we've created for him this space, this place where he can, he can receive what he needs, the love, the care, the food, the nourishment. And, and he's, he's growing. He's, it's awesome. We gave everything to him for free. All his food. He didn't have to pay us for anything. He had some very expensive mistakes. And we paid for them. It's kind of a little bit what God does with us. He provides us with everything that we need to, to be loved, to find our home in a family, to be healed, and He pays for all our expensive mistakes. And that's, what, that, that's kind of the picture that Paul has been painting in this letter already. He's been painting this very clear, very purposeful picture that Jesus is completely enough for you and I, that He has done everything necessary for us, and there is nothing that we need to add to what Jesus has done. Everything has been given to us freely out of God's love, out of God's grace, you know, because God loves us. And the more that we journey with God, the more we discover this slow transformation, this slow healing, this, this incredible journey of being in a family 
and we start to make hopefully wiser and better choices. Who's making slightly better choices than they were last year? Yeah, uh, okay, good, good, good. That's good. Pastor Nate last week finished on verse 10 and it says, in, it says this. It says, and in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Whoa. There's nothing we need to add to the saving, forgiving, perfecting, transforming, delivering, healing work of Jesus on the cross. It is perfectly finished. It is perfectly good. And it is perfectly enough for us. Now, I'm just going to jump through some verses and then we're going to land on some. We're going to unpack a little more and then we're going to talk about the practical. Is that all right? So verse 11, uh, if you've got your Bibles open, you're in, you're, we're in Colossians chapter 2. And verse 11 talks about my favorite topic. Not really. It's circumcision. All right. Not of the flesh, but of the old self right? Ruled, which is ruled by the flesh. The old self was ruled by the flesh, right? And that was what what was cut off when we accepted Christ, all right? The old fleshly self, the old part of us that's all me, me, me. And this is how I'm feeling and I'm doing it. And this is what I want, right? That part of us was cut away, the old fleshly self that's consumed with ourselves. Verse 12 reminds us that in baptism, we were buried with Christ and we were raised with Christ as well. All right, now let's read verse 13 to 15 together. And Pastor Simo has already done that. I love the linkage happening today. Verse 13, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Why don't we just quickly pray? Is that all right? Let's do that. Holy Spirit, Would you lead us into truth today? Would you reveal to us something fresh? Would you reveal to us something personal? Help us to step closer to you today, to walk closer with Jesus. Open our eyes, open our ears. Give us courage to apply what we hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, these are really, really powerful verses. You could dwell on these, meditate on these. This is like a really brief theology of justification. I want you to know the the tense of these verses. It's all in the past tense, all right? It's all done for us, okay? When you were dead in, in your sins, God made you alive in Christ, okay? So when we were far from God, God made us alive. He forgave us all of our sins, Every single sin that you and I have ever committed or will ever commit has already been paid for. How did God do that? Uh, Anyone been arrested in here before? Don't put up your hand. You can if you're at home. Just, Just quietly so your kids don't see. Oh my goodness. Now you've probably seen what happens when someone gets arrested on a TV show or the subscription service of your choice, right? I've been watching the Loki series. Anyone watch that at all? Like, oh my goodness, very intelligent, very good. (coughs) Amazing. And Loki gets arrested by the TVA, the Time Variance Authority. 
and he gets arrested for violating the continuity of time. It's like, wow, you, that's, that's a crazy thing to be arrested for. All right, I want to imagine that there's an arrest warrant for you because of all the sin that you have ever, com- ever committed against God. And the police have your arrest warrant and they are coming to your house to arrest you. Paul calls this the charge of legal indebtedness. You owe God for the sin that you have committed against him. You owe him. But God chose to cancel the warrant with your name on it. He chose to cancel your charge against you. And how does he do that? He does that by nailing it to the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus paid for your sin. The charge was against you for sins that you committed. It was against me for the sins that I committed, but God took the charge and nailed it to the cross of Christ. Whoa. And then in verse 15, Paul describes how this completely defeated and made a public show of the demonic forces in the world and the devil. All right, that's the stage that we're launching from into this second part, okay? Where Paul starts talking about the practical outworking of how this incredible truth that sets us free, that calls us forgiven, how we live with that, right? Because we're free from the power of sin. We're free from the punishment of sin. We're not free from the consequence of sin, all right? You've probably experienced that a few times. You do a sin, you steal something, and then or, or something happens, you call someone something. You've got to deal with the consequences of that sin. But the punishment and the power has been taken away. So before we dive into the next eight verses, you still with me? Everyone's good? All right, all right, good, 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 good. Before we dive in, we need to explain two influences that were coming onto the Colossian church at the time. And these two influences are what Paul is directly speaking into, okay? So as we've talked about, the Colossian church is established not by Paul, but by Epaphras, and, uh, and Paul's never been there. But from prison, I think it's in Rome, Paul is writing to them because one of the main pressures that they are facing from these two sources is to turn away from Jesus. So you've heard that there's some other influential people coming in to the church in Colossae and bringing false teaching, which was deceiving them from trusting in Jesus alone. And we see this throughout the, like the rest of the, of the book that we've already, we've already looked at, right? In chapter one, Paul says, if you continue in your faith and do not move from the hope held out for you in the gospel. And he also says, and I tell you this, so that no one may deceive you with fine sounding arguments. And then he says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Paul's really trying to paint a, paint a story here, paint a picture here, that there's, there's outside influences that are challenging them on what they believe, that are teaching them wrong truth. These two main influences were people from the old Jewish tradition, which were trying to get the Christians to add to their faith some old school customs so that they would be complete. And some mystic polytheists, What the heck does that mean? I'll talk about that. 
which was kind of how the Colossian church, all the Colossian people had grown up in their society, believing in lots and lots of gods, gods for every different area of society, and also lots of practices, lots of things they had to do to appease and to satisfy those gods so that in every area of their lives, they'd be looked after. And they believed that these practices like fasting, like purging ceremonies, like, uh, like certain types of prayers was where the power really lay. Let me just open my pop top. And this is what Paul is speaking into. Thanks, Maccas. This is what Paul is speaking into. And we're going to unpack this a little bit and then we're going to land the plane. And I think this is really going to help you. All right. The Colossians 2, 16 to 23. You ready? Here we go. It's on screen as well. Thanks, guys. Uh, verse 16. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Paul is directly speaking into uh, three things here, all right? The, new, the religious festival, that was a yearly Jewish celebration, new moon celebrations, monthly and Sabbath, weekly, right? Yearly, monthly, weekly. So Paul is saying all of the Jewish um, traditions and festivals and, and everything that they're observing is, hang on a minute, verse 17, these are a shadow of things that were to come. The reality is found in Christ. Love that. Verse 18, do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about, about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head, that's Jesus, from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ, to the elemental spiritual forces of this world. Why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch these rules, which, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on mere human commands and teaching. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom, whoa, with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. All right, so remember, Paul is teaching them how to respond to the truth, to the theology, to the, this theology of justification, all the stuff he's talking about, who Jesus is. If you're writing notes, write this down. Firstly, Paul clarifies, there is no substitute needed. Jesus is Lord. Sometimes our, our old life, our old thinking, our old self comes back to mess with us. Anyone ever experienced that? The old self, the old way that you used to think, the old ways you used to do things, it comes back to you. I used to think that I was destined to be a failure. No, no, no. I used to believe that I was destined to be a failure, to be a nobody. I used to believe that I was somehow disqualified from success in the kingdom of God. I used to believe it in my heart. All lies. I don't, I don't think like that anymore. 
because I've been transformed by the renewing of my mind. We need to be careful that our old ways of seeing, our old ways of believing don't come back. We don't let them back in and influence the truth about who Jesus is so that maybe they'll disqualify us. For the Colossians, their old ways, these, uh, these, these old beliefs were influencing their, their Jesus beliefs. They grew up believing in so many different gods, believing they had to do all these certain practices and, and don't touch this and don't handle this. Do certain things because you've got to please the God of, of family. You've got to please the God of sex. You've got to please the God of, of the harvest and the crops. You've got to please the God of provision, of money. And they started to substitute different things back into place of who Jesus is. Different gods, different practices. But there is no substitute for Jesus. Paul's just been explaining this. Verse 10, it says, He is the head over every power and authority. And the Colossians are like, yeah, but you know, we've got to keep these practices going because they're really powerful in keeping the God of the harvest satisfied. No, no, no. Jesus is Lord, right? God is sovereign. There is no other God. Back to last week in verse six, Paul said, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your life in Him. We ought to have no other gods but Jesus. Real talk right now. Because what we do in today's day and age is we let the old thinking come back into our Jesus thinking. And instead of substituting a different God for Jesus, what we do is we substitute ourselves. We go back to making ourselves God with Jesus somewhere down the line. And, and, and yes, the practices have changed because, well, now we're gonna elevate, elevate our, our, our body perfection. And we're gonna elevate gym workouts and go, go cardio to the wahoo and to sculpt our bodies and make them perfect. We do this never ending self-care that extends far beyond the, the concept of self-care into self-worship where we shirk our responsibilities and we ignore the power of community that we've invested our lives in. And we, we think that we're too high and mighty for the intimacy of family. We value comfort and Netflix binges to purge our thoughts of our own terrible experiences and decisions that we've made. We self-medicate with food and sugar and alcohol and sex and holidays and weekends away because we have elevated ourselves to God. Verse 23 again. Can you hear me? All right, cool. Verse 23 again says, such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom. So much. 
for emptiness. No, no, no. We need to re- we need to restore Jesus as Lord. Jesus as King, as Lord of our lives. There's only one place He deserves to be, and that is King. He brings us into fullness of life. Yes, look after yourself. Yes, self-care. Yes, absolutely. You know, look after your body, look after your family, but don't worship yourself. Let's put first things first. Jesus is Lord. So there's no substitute needed because Jesus is Lord. If you're writing notes, here's point number two, last point. There's no supplement needed. Jesus is enough. You seen those supplement stores around? My boys just convinced me to drop some money on some creatine powder. Yeah, I know, right? Right? And then Tom's gone out and blown half of his, you know, half his money on this, on this huge thing of protein. It's like, okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm bulking, Dad. I'm bulking. All right, cool, 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 cool. No worries. Because when you're bulking, what do you need? You need supplements. The Jewish influences were coming in and they were saying to the Colossian Christians, you need to supplement your faith in Jesus with some old school traditions. You guys need to be circumcised. (laughs) Really? You guys can't have pork. There's a whole bunch of other foods you can't have. You have to observe this ritual, this day, this holy thing. Oh man. These guys, these Colossians, they, they were being influenced by these outside voices. They grew up as mystic polytheists, believing in many gods. And these Judaizers are coming in to this, this new Christian community and teaching and imposing their Old Testament rules from the Torah. They were teaching them, you've got to add to your faith in Jesus some stuff. You need to be circumcised, all this stuff. And they were saying that Jesus really, what they really were saying is Jesus isn't enough. They were saying Jesus' death and resurrection, it's, it's not really sufficient. And by doing these old things, you also, you'll have finally have enough to secure your salvation. Wow. Let me just say this really clearly for us today. Jesus is enough. His sacrifice to you is enough for you, is enough to cleanse you, forgive you, make you clean, make you holy. It was enough, it was sufficient to pay for your punishment, the punishment that that was due for you, for your sin. It was sufficient enough to give you access to the Father in relationship, was enough for the Holy Spirit to come and live in you and empower you. Jesus is enough. Jesus alone can save you. He alone justifies you and forgives you and and allows you to be adopted and gives you a seat in heaven and gives you security and peace on this earth. I don't don't like have to trust in Jesus and walk with Jesus and then have to back it up by doing all other good things and like a few days of fasting just to make up the difference. There's no gap with Jesus. He is sufficient. He is enough. He said, it's finished. I don't need to do certain diets or holy days or rituals or good deeds to solidify my faith. Jesus alone purchased my faith. Christ is enough. And then everything that we do is a response. 
living in Christian community with each other, loving our neighbour, holiness, worship, prayer, fasting, it's all good and it's all a response to what Jesus has already finished. It's not supplemental. You and I don't need Christian supplements. We don't need, you know, the spiritual creatine or spiritual protein to to help us to bulk in Christ. We've got everything that we need. Ephesians 1 says that I've already received every spiritual blessing. I'm just learning how to walk in it. I'm just learning how to live in it. I'm just learning how to enjoy it. I'm just learning what the power of it looks like in my life. I'm learning how to be transformed by it. I'm learning how to be filled by it. I'm learning how to love by it. I'm learning how to live in it. I'm learning how to enjoy it. Regardless of what's going on outside of me, I'm learning what it means to be with Him and in Him and for Him and and loved by Him. I'm learning what I look like and how He looks like everything I have already received. And these outside voices, they will tell you to supplement to your faith in Jesus, distracting you from the main game, deceiving you from the main truth. Can I just say, there's a lot of bad theology out there. There's there's a lot of bad theology out there. And these days you have access to that just by going to YouTube and typing in something and watching something that might not necessarily be good theology. Because you've got access to all the great theology and all the bad theology. How do you know what is what? Community, leadership, talking it out, iron sharpens iron. Don't just... Don't just stay in your own spiritual bubble and try and work it out. You have a community for a reason. You have the Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth for a reason. Don't, you don't, otherwise you'll be deceived and the devil loves it when you're deceived because then he can disqualify you and then he can disconnect you. Verse 19, verse 19 says, they have lost connection with the head. Whoa, verse 18 says, do not let anyone who delights in these things disqualify you. Pastor Nate last week talked about that you are responsible for what goes in in, in front of your eyes, right? Don't let yourself be disqualified because you have listened with hunger to false teaching. If you're wondering what false teaching looks like, send the link to a pastor. Send the link to your V group leader. Send the link to a friend. Start a conversation. Can you watch this with me? Yeah, totally. Let's talk about that. Because there's a lot of stuff out there that will lead you to a place of distraction and fear instead of a place of faith and peace and community. I'm gonna leave you with this one last thought before we do some ministry. We need to keep the main thing, the main thing. Can I play with these words a little bit? We need to keep the main thing, Jesus, the main thing, King. We need to keep the main thing, the main King. Jesus, you gotta keep Him as King. Every, every morning, 
every day when you realise that you're putting yourself back on that throne, when you realise that you're listening to these voices of old or these voices from outside, we've got to keep realising Jesus is King. Jesus is enough. You don't need supplements and you don't want to substitute. No old voices, no outside voices. Don't be distracted and don't be deceived. Keep Jesus as King. Maybe today you have realised or recognised that that's you. That you have elevated yourself and your life is wrapped around you, not Christ. And I want to lead you in a prayer of repentance in just a moment. Or maybe you need to repent from spiritual supplements because you've started to realise that Jesus is enough and that you don't have to do the painstaking, never-ending work of completing your salvation with works, of just walking with Jesus as completely enough. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're here today or you're watching and, uh, and Jesus is not your Lord or your friend. And you're starting to realise that this is where it's at. The Bible says every good and perfect thing comes from above. Not from around here not from the world, but from the Father. And Jesus died for you, rose again on the third day for you, so you could walk in relationship with Him knowing that you are completely forgiven, completely clean, that the punishment for your sin has been paid for, that you and I get to walk closeness with the God who created the earth and the heavens who has a plan for your life and a place for you for all eternity in heaven it sounds too good to be true but it is true and if you want to pray a simple prayer inviting Jesus into your life asking for forgiveness I'm going to pray a prayer right now. I want you to pray it with me. If you're at home today and you're like, whoa, I need to return to Jesus. Or maybe you've, maybe you've never prayed a prayer. It's just a simple prayer. It's just a prayer starting a journey. Why don't you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, I need you in my life. I come to you and I ask you for your forgiveness. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. Come to be my Savior and my Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to walk with you every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Is there anyone in this room or in the foyer who just prayed that prayer for the first time or you're coming back to Jesus? Just give me a little wave. 
there's someone in the foyer. Can you come and see me afterwards? We'd love to connect with you if, uh, if you're watching this today and you've just made a decision to follow Jesus. That's the greatest moment of your life right there, right? Yeah, you can clap. That's okay. So great. Uh, I'm going to invite our hosts out to uh, wrap up the service. Thanks, everyone.